Um, all right. Shall I start us off? Do it. Okay. Welcome to Love is Like a Plant, a podcast all about love and relationships, dating, heartbreak, um, dealing with confinement and lockdown and relationships during that period. Uh, Welcome to our second uh, coronavirus episode. My name is Elle and I'm the CEO and founder of MEND. We help people who are going through heartbreak. And my name is Sarah May. I'm the host of another podcast called Help Me Be Me. It's self-help for people who hate self-help and the creator of The Breakup Album. So this episode is a special one because we're actually answering uh, some questions from listeners, from Love is Like a Plant listeners. So it was really great to receive a lot of questions. We're going to get to all of them. I think we'll have to split Uh, the questions up in a few episodes. But we got a lot of great questions about dating and relationships and dealing with roommates. And some of them were very specific to being in lockdown. And some of them weren't. But um, even if you're listening to this and we're no longer all in lockdown or confinement around the world, um, I think there are a lot of relevant themes that will come out of Uh, discussing these questions. So I will jump into the first one. The first question is, I have recently ended a four-year relationship in order to, quote, get my house in order, as I felt plagued by lots of different emotions. I keep finding myself talking to my ex as it feels familiar and comforting, and he's not taking the breakup seriously especially as the breakup happened at the start of quarantine and we have been long distance for a year. It feels difficult to move on like this. What would you recommend I do? So, yeah, there's a lot in this one. Do you want to jump in or do you want me? (laughs) I can't help, but I I read like a New York Times um, editorial piece that was like almost identical to this. Actually, it was a shorter relationship, but it was a very similar situation. Ah. Um, and I feel like, you know, I mean, I'm of the mind that like, if there's not, if something's not broken, don't fix it. And I feel like right now quarantine is its own situation. Get through it. <laughs> it's yeah. like nothing terribly wrong with the situation. It feels like you started and then moved backwards. I get that that's frustrating. But, like, it is a very unique time, and I feel like it's really hard to be isolated. It's very taxing on the system to be alone. And if this person is providing you some companionship right now, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think, you know, getting your house in order is definitely something – I feel like that's a really positive reason to have have ended a relationship. You know, it's like – to it sounds like you – have some stuff you want to work on in yourself and that you don't feel like you're ready for the one yet or being fully committed, totally get that. But right now, if it's like, it's helping somewhat, it's comforting. You, I mean, I feel like there's nothing really wrong with allowing yourself to have that support and that company while you are stuck at home. Yeah. 
What do you think, Gil? I mean, I'm normally, I agree with you. I'm normally very uh, pro no contact. And I think that's a really helpful tool, even if it's in the short term, to help you move forward and to kind of just take the focus off of your ex and, and be able to focus more on your own life. But this isn't a normal time for anyone. And I think so many people are in this person's shoes where they've made a decision, but the world around them isn't really uh, supporting that decision maybe as, as well as they'd like. And I think it's especially hard because they were in a long distance relationship and you know, when you're in a long distance relationship, so much of your relationship happens like over the phone and remotely and virtually anyway. So you're even more kind of in that pattern. And so it's even easier to to kind of fall into that pattern. So yeah, I, I mean, I would echo what you're saying, which is essentially like, be gentle with yourself, because this isn't a normal situation, you know, in non-confinement times, it would be easier probably. Not to say it would be easy. I don't think it's ever easy. But I think it might be easier to um, set some boundaries. But I think you have to, like, bend the rules a little bit given the situation. Um, And then I'm also – I think there's a lot of strength in asking this question – it's kind of similar to what you said. Like, I think it's very valid to break up, to get your house in order, whatever that means to you. And, you know, I think you should feel confident in your decision and remind yourself of why you broke up. And, you know, if you really feel like you don't want the connection to this person, you can always set that boundary. But I think you really have to, start with with um <clears throat> some compassion some self-compassion given the situation mm-hmm. and I feel like we can we can really f- trace our own um wants like our true wants by just you know what what feels good to you right now and I feel like sometimes we decide something from a certain part part of ourselves and then we kind of like enforce it but maybe not all of us is is there if that makes any sense so I feel like right now you know from your words it seems like it doesn't feel like the right time to be cutting cold turkey you know it's it's as you said it's difficult to move on from this point and having conversations with this person feels familiar and comforting. I feel like that's all you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's so many people who feel the same way. I mean, there's so many people who, um, you know, I'm hearing from people who had decided to get divorced and, you know, move out and split up their lives. And then this happened and now they're no longer able to do that. And so they're figuring out, a way to make it work in the interim. And then there are people who broke up and sort of went their separate ways right before all of this happened. And as we know, there was a huge difference in like one week, you know, (laughs) there was kind of like, like night and day 
um, effect. And so for some people, when that happened, they, you know, they did kind of go back to their ex for comfort or um, to like some, some people have gotten sick and so they've needed someone to take care of them. And if you were in a four-year relationship and maybe you don't live close to family and this person was that person for you, um, you know, you have to be gentle with yourself and recognize that this was just, you know, they were a part of your life and, and they can, um, they can definitely still be a part of your support system in an emergency situation, which is what we're dealing with. So, so yeah, definitely not alone. I really feel for this person and, um, yeah, it's just, it's not easy managing all of this and on top of it to deal with, uh, all the emotions of a breakup. It's, it's difficult, but it is temporary and, um, things will change. Should we do our next question? Let's do it. I think the next question is actually um, something that we have covered before in a past uh, past episode, but um, we can probably touch on it briefly. So the question is, what are some red flags we should look out for in dating and how would we know if a partner is unhealthy and toxic? Um, so definitely check out the red flags episode and yeah. um, maybe we can even put a link in the show notes. Yeah, we definitely can. Yeah, because we have a great episode on this, um, and we listed a bunch. Yeah, I w- I feel like just to jump in, I top line I would have a list of like your own personal values for yourself, and it just be clear on them. I feel like I it's one of those no brainer things that I just for myself had never done before. Just what's important to you in a partner? For me, it's honesty monogamy um maybe that's not for you i'm just saying like create your personal list uh trust i need to have respect for this person they need to have respect for me etc whatever those things are just know what they are and then when you meet them give them the list no i'm just kidding (laughs) yeah right table and check them up no but like when you meet them you're quite literally just, you're, I think I like to call it like you're wearing an assessment hat. You're wearing an invisible hat that says assessment on it. And your job is literally just to observe them and recognize all of the information that they're giving you. Cause they will tell you everything you need to know most likely on the very first date. You know, are they looking around the room at other people? Are they texting somebody else? Like what are their what are their physical actions showing you and what are their, um, you know, nonverbal cues and also verbal cues. Like people will tell you a lot about who they are and you just have to be willing to take in the information and, and listen to it and not wish it was different. You know? Yeah. Are they omitting information? Are they, um, attentive? All of those types of things. Um, and I think you should be assessing, for for at least the first few dates you know it's i mean it's about chemistry but it's also like your job is to really not waste your own time and also not put yourself in harm's way so that would be my i think that's such good advice and i think I, i mean i know when i first started dating um 
you know, like seriously dating, going out on dates where you like meet up for drinks or something. So this was more as an adult when I started dating. I definitely didn't take this approach initially. And yeah, me neither. I was sort of just, I mean, I would always get nervous, but I've always, I always enjoyed dating when I was dating and liked the opportunity to meet people. But I think I was more caught up in just I guess like being charming and maybe getting them to like me. Oh, totally. <laughs> and I, I wasn't like, necessarily so thinking many, about so many of us are like that. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't really thinking about well, is is this person are there any red flags here? I think I mean I think I agree with what you said. And I think just on top of it, it's like uh I think it's a great question to ask, you know, as I just mentioned it's not necessarily something I was thinking of when I first started dating and I I think it it's something that we should all ask and we should teach younger people to ask when they begin dating um, and the one thing I would add just as a resource um, I met with the one love foundation team a while back. And if you're not familiar with them, they're a nonprofit that was created by a mom who lost her daughter uh, to a essentially kind of a domestic violence situation where she was um, killed by her ex-boyfriend. And I know this just like suddenly turned very um, intense, but mm -hmm. that kind of thing happens a lot actually. And um and so her mom started this foundation, One Love Foundation, and it's all about learning the difference between an unhealthy relationship and a healthy relationship. And um, they have a lot of great resources. They have a list of like 10 things to look for, 10 things to you know, avoid. And I would definitely check out their website. I think they do classes as well. And it's all free and they're on Instagram and we should put a link to that for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a great um, And then just on a personal note, I think it's, it's um, you have to really think about how you feel after. Like, how did that person make me feel? And if you walk away from the date and you feel like smaller or more insecure or, you know, um, just like judgmental of yourself or if you just don't feel good, it's like it's probably not a good sign. You really have to trust your gut. So good luck out there <laughs> or, you know, in there swiping and setting up phone dates and stuff, which is what's happening now. <laughs> yeah, right. The next question, in my last relationship, I thought he was the one. He was very loving and those first few months were heaven. Then starting a year or so in, he started revealing things one by one that bothered him about me. I was being by, I was being myself the whole time. How do I prevent this from happening again? Ouch. That's, that is painful. Yeah. Sorry to hear that. Jump in or do you want me to yeah. jump in? Yeah. My first reaction when I read this, it's like the two last sentences of this question, I was being myself the whole time. And then the second sentence or question, how do I prevent this from happening again? And it kind of like almost answers the question because you were yourself mm -hmm. and they're like, that's key to this unlocking this answer. Um, you can only be yourself 
and no one's perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. Uh, but ultimately, like, a relationship is two people. And no matter how well you think you know someone, you may be dating for a while, you, maybe you're married for, like, 25 years, there's always an element of, like, not knowing what someone is going to think about you or say about you. It's just out of your control. And I don't, I'm not, like, trying to make people feel worried or scared, but that's just a reality of it, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I think it's great that you recognize that you were being yourself. I think that's really important. And you have to know that um, when you find a relationship that works, someone will be willing to uh, go down the path with you, even if there are bumps. Um, so, but I, I get the pain in this question. It's like, you want to figure out how to avoid this from happening again. And so maybe, I don't know, Sarah, if you have thoughts about, I mean, the first thing that came to mind for me was like that year and a half is such a relevant time marker because that's kind of when the idealization bubble wears off and not to, not to reduce your relationship at all, but like we very much fill in the blanks in our partner because we're projecting all of the things that we imagine them to be onto them. And the other person's doing exactly the same thing. And as we get to know each other, those things start to fall away and shit gets a little real right around a year and a half. So a lot of breakups happen around that point in time. That's just like the nature of getting to know somebody well enough. So I wouldn't say that's a you know a fault. I don't think that this was a bad relationship. I think this is probably a pretty standard thing to have happen. So don't, I would not worry about this being a result of you misstepping or you not being good enough or, you know, it's not something you messed up. It's just the nature of he wasn't the person you thought he was. And that would have revealed itself eventually if he had not started to say like, I don't like this and I don't like that. Like that's, you know, not the kindest way to end this relationship. So I'm sorry that happened to you, but out of all of the relationships you could have possibly had, if you were to be yourself in the next one, I feel like that one could work out completely differently. It just yeah. happens to be this was not your, your person. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't want to have to contort yourself to make a relationship work. So I understand like the, I understand why you want, would want to prevent this from happening again, but ultimately, um, ultimately you just don't know how a relationship is going to work out. And it, it does take time. Like you said, yeah. just getting um, to know somebody yeah. and see exactly who they are. Um, and everyone's going to have pros and cons and your job is really just to like, you know, make sure it's worth it. And, and it sounds like, you know, it, at this stage you are still feeling like it was worth it. But I feel like if you were to have gone on in the relationship, eventually you would, you would be able to see also like that this wasn't your guy, you know? Yeah. It hurts yeah. to be on the receiving end. It really does. And I think especially, um, you know, this question starts off with saying, I thought he was the one. And I think that uh, that can make things really difficult to move forward when you 
you know, you really had a lot riding on the relationship. Maybe you told your friends how serious you were and you made plans and you were sort of dreaming about things. And um, I've said this before on other podcast episodes, but a lot of times in those situations, you're, you're actually mourning things that haven't even happened. It may not even have that much to do with the person. Actually. That is such a good point. That's such a good point. Yeah, we totally mourn the idea of something, you know, yeah. oftentimes. Yeah. So let yourself grieve and um, and also use that as, as useful information going forward. You know, like maybe you've learned things about what you wanted in someone, uh, what you wanted in a relationship, like what life goals you had that maybe you had, you know, um, decided, uh, while you started dating this person and all of that is useful information and you don't have to let that stuff go. You can bring it with you and then you can find someone who, while you're being yourself, loves you and is excited to spend their time with you and grow a relationship with you. And that's definitely something to look forward to, but it will take some, um, you know, it will take some, some time to move forward. And I bet you a million dollars by the time you end up with that person, you will look back at this relationship and you'll be like, thank God I didn't yeah. end up with that guy. Like, I mean, <laughs> my <laughs> studies of my life, the amount of times I thought I met the one, I'm like, thank yeah. God I did not end up with that person. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think it's... Yeah, I mean, there are so many people that I thought were the one who weren't the one. So it, um, you know, it happens. We like, we live in our heads a lot of times. So, so we wish that person the best. Um, and I just, I have to just underline one more thing about that question that I love. Just that like, you really own the fact that you were yourself. And, um, I think that's wonderful. And so keep doing it. Yeah. That's how you win. We hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to hit subscribe and, um, follow us on social, all that good stuff. And, uh, L, (laughs) (laughs) um, quick fire. Okay. What, uh, is love like? Love is like cocoa butter. Ooh. Delicious and sweet. Yeah. It's just sitting in front of me. Nice. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yay. Yay.